Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm sure you feel the same way. There are a lot of ways I'm like my mother, and I think it's been um, it's been helpful for them to have more context. And now that my mother is kind of well-known, I think it probably just adds a whole other dimension to understanding their own mother. Thanks for joining us on The Road to Somewhere, where we talk about exploration, adventure, major life change, and transformation. It's about not necessarily knowing where we're going, but having faith that the journey will be worthwhile. I'm Lisa Oz. And I'm Jill Herzig. And um, we came across our guest today, I came across our guest today, in, in a way that I can't even completely recall, which is that at some point when, this was years ago, when I would get into a really great conversation with a female friend, and we were really hitting on something that was personal and important, you know, the kind of pay dirt conversations that it can take half a bottle of wine to get to. Time after time, I kept hearing, oh, you know what? If we need answers, we should go to what would Virginia Woolf do? <laughs> and I would say, we should go to what? <laughs> and half a bottle in it, it took me a while to actually go to what would Virginia Woolf do? But it was it was an interesting thing where it felt like the universe was telling me there is a place you need to go to sort out the tough stuff. I gotta 
say I had not had those conversations, I never heard of what would Virginia Woolf do. But our guest today has started this website, this community called thewolfler.com, and she has a book called What Would Virginia Woolf Do, which I thought was something literary, but it's it's also, and other questions I ask myself as I attempt to age without apology. And I have to say this, I, I, I'm just going to admit, <laughs> Nina Loris Collins Thank you for being here. But I have to admit, I'm so girl crushing on you right now because I read your book in one sitting. And I was like, this girl has to be my friend. Oh, you're so sweet. And then I realized <laughs> there's this whole community, thewolfer.com, of women I now want to be my yeah, friends. Yeah, it's so sweet. Actually, Jill, when you were describing, um, you know, one of those kind of conversations, literally I thought in my head, oh, I have those conversations all day long, every day. That's all yes, I really do. That, that's actually your life. And <laughs> in a weird way, it I think it might take a special constitution to be able to handle that, right? Yeah, maybe. I have to say it's been a funny journey, and there have been moments. I always tell this, I mean, the audience doesn't know our whole story, but there was this one moment after I published my book when our group on Facebook was growing really rapidly, and one of our our, uh, moderators called me. I was in the Dallas airport rushing to go somewhere for a book appearance, and she called crying, and she was like, I hate all women. Like, we had reached this moment where we were, there were moments where we were so inundated by everyone's conversation and thoughts that we weren't sure we could keep up. Now now things are calm. (laughs) For everybody to understand, we should back it up. Yeah. And you should tell us how you started this Facebook group okay. called What Would Virginia Woolf Do? Yeah, and then I'll, and I'll also tell Lisa about the name and everyone about the name. So I'm 50 now, and when I was 46, uh, so almost five years ago, I um, my period had been getting a little spotty. Um, I was in like a not great second marriage. My kids were all kind of starting to leave the house. And um, I suddenly stopped sleeping well. And I had been a great sleeper my whole life, like even through four kids and everything. And suddenly I was like waking up at 4 a.m. straight bolt awake, like not even anxious, just could not go back to sleep. I don't know if this has happened to either of you, but it's very common. And um, I Googled it. I was kind of worried. And I Googled and realized that I was in perimenopause. And I didn't really know what perimenopause was. Um... And I found this really funny website that listed 33 symptoms, and one of them was impending sense of doom, which I thought was really <laughs> funny and kind of awful. And so at the time, I was like a big Facebook user, and so I posted on my Facebook page something, you know, witty, like, did you know that impending sense of doom is a documented symptom of perimenopause? And all my smart girlfriends kind of chimed in, and we had this like funny conversation in which we said maybe we should have our own place to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, And we joked there, and my friend Margaret Lee threw out the name, What Would Virginia Woolf Do? So the name is basically because most of my friends are really smart feminists and a lot of big readers and writers. Um, And at the time, I was in a graduate program at Columbia in something called narrative medicine, and I was reading a lot of Virginia Woolf. And the joke is that Virginia Woolf, of course, killed herself in her 50s. Um, We're not trying to make light of suicide. It was just us being kind of witty and goofy. And at the time, I thought that was like the funniest thing I'd ever heard. And so about two weeks ago, two weeks later, I was in a um, motel room in Minnesota. I was at my son's hockey tournament and my two of my daughters were with me and they were being kind of probably not mean to me, but ignoring me. And we'd been shopping that day. And, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't even qualify as you know, mean. <laughs> no, we were all like, I remember we were all the same size, more or less. And we were shopping and everything, of course, looked so different on them. And I was just feeling old and pathetic. <laughs> and it was literally like midnight in a like a Motel 6 in Minnesota. And I like created this group. I was like, what the hell? I'll just invite my friends so we can talk about the way we feel. 
And so we called it What Would Virginia Woolf Do? Um, and then it just grew really unexpectedly. And, and you and I know Amelia and Jill, and I know a lot of people in common because we're both in Brooklyn, so it doesn't surprise me it came up. And it was very funny for a while. Like, it was just a folly, but I would, like, go to cocktail parties, or people would whisper and be like, oh, I'm in the group, too. And it became, like, this really funny, <laughs> smart handshake. girl secret place for us to talk about. And it was quickly kind of health, relationships, sex, books, feminism. And basically, it really took over my life. I've, I'm an entrepreneur. I've had two businesses, um, but I've never had kind of an organic experience like this in my life. Like, I was not setting out to start a business. Um, and I very reluctantly, like a year in to kind of justify spending all my time on Facebook, I wrote a book proposal almost as a resort to kind of not start a website or an event business or something else because I thought, this isn't really a business, but it's so compelling. I can't stop doing it. Um, and because I come from book publishing, I kind of thought, well, if I can write a book proposal and sell it, then that'll like give me something to do while I'm spending all my time on Facebook. Um, so I sold the book when we had around 1,200 women. And then kind of the opposite of what I expected happened. It just grew and grew. The Trump election, Pantsuit Nation, we got a lot of people coming in during that period. I added moderators. We started adding things organically like events, like a bunch of us went to Babeland and bought vibrators, or we'd <laughs> invite an author and come have a reading. We got um, Sandra Singh Lowe to come to New York oh, and do so an event for us. She was so great. Um, we started doing a podcast called Raging Gracefully because we thought it would be fun. Like, it really was very organic. But then suddenly, suddenly we had 32,000 women. Suddenly it was like three or four years later, and we had all these women all over the world. And we had 37, I think, groups on Facebook because we kind of, like, in the beginning, you could post and be like, I'm going to Paris with my boyfriend. Where should I stay? But then once the group got really big, those posts started to clog up the feed. So we created Wolfer Travel and we created Wolfer Money Matters and Wolfer New York and Wolfer LA. And Facebook is like, is a flat landscape. So we would have to go in and out of all these groups. I mean, by the end, it, it really became a little bit of an, un, of a monster, like in a fun way, but we had 15 volunteer moderators um, running the main group. And then we had like 70 volunteer moderators running all the subgroups. Like it became this whole thing but, but that we know, couldn't monetize. But the thing, the thing grew like the blob because something very profound was happening. And even though the name, you know, what would Virginia Woolf do is kind of tongue in cheek. What my time in the group kind of showed me was that there was a reality to the thinking that if Virginia Woolf had had a place like this, she wouldn't necessarily have left us. And it's so fitting, a room of <laughs> her 50, own. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, or, you know, sometimes Because people... what gets discussed, yes, there's some travel and there's some, there's some you know, ah, help me with this and right. I've got a skin problem. But there's also really um, deep painful stuff that is being excavated and the impending sense of doom is the yeah. doom stuff a lot of mental health a lot of a lot of relationship sex relationship um relationship with children relationship with aging parents relationships with our friends we have an anonymous feature which one of my daughters taught me how to make um 
early on um, so that women, because increasingly as the community grew, some women will know a lot of people in there. There are kind of two types. So the women started organically calling themselves wolfers, which is why we're now called the wolfer. Um, when we left Facebook last fall, we changed our name. And um, But there are two types of women who, women who join and invite all their friends and women who join and don't invite anyone because they really want it to be like their private space. Like where a they confessional, can, sort like of. Like a confessional where it's they can therapy really... therapy online. Yeah, yeah where, where they can get really... And the women, the, one of the... We're very egalitarian. We want all sorts of women in there. It is primarily a liberal-leaning group, but we really want all sorts of women. But the common denominator is the women are really quite smart. Like, we just did a geographical... I mean, a demographic study, and I think over half have master's degrees or above, which is really cool. So you're getting really good advice from women with a lot of experience all over the country coming from all different perspectives. Um, And you have to really, you know, we say what happens in the group stays in the group. And, you know, we were very serious about that. There have been occasional infractions where we remove people because they've, you know, talked in, you know, whatever, about people's private stories. Um, So, yeah, it definitely clearly hit on a nerve. And, um, and it's a moment in general in our culture where people are talking more about menopause and more honestly about menopause. And you even have Gwyneth Paltrow talking about menopause. So um, it's a good moment in that way. We started almost five years ago, and it does feel like there's a bit of a trend right now. Um, but I think we're the only place, essentially what we're kind of, we so we left Facebook last fall because we couldn't really figure out how to successfully monetize it on Facebook, and it had become really a full-time job. I'd hired an assistant. We kind of felt like we were working for Zuckerberg, essentially. So we decided to build our own app, leave Facebook, turn it into a subscription model. So it's $35 a year. Um, and we have a website and a weekly newsletter. And by the way, $35 a year for therapy. No, That's it's not so bad. Great. No, it's pretty great. <laughs> and I know what I was about to say. So there are a lot of women now in this space, this kind of midlife space, which is amazing. And I know a lot of them, obviously, and I'm interested in, you know, the podcasts and event groups and, you know, a lot of content. Um, but I'm pretty sure we're the only, we are kind of looking at ourselves now as like the Facebook for a certain kind of women over 40, that if we can grow this, it's, um, you do have to, it's not right for everyone. Some women will come in and it's like way too candid or some women sometimes say that they feel a little intimidated by like the candor or the level of discourse. Not that we're, I mean, we're very high low. We talk about lipstick and we talk about schizophrenia. I mean, we're not snobs in that way. Um, but it does take a certain kind of woman who's willing to kind of jump into the conversation. We also have a lot of lurkers, people who just read, um, the number, and I'm sorry, I feel like I'm dominating the conversation. No, all, no, all no you're a guest. You're invited here. Number one super interesting thing I find, and it's really the reason I've stuck with it, is like I traveled across country last year and I met wolfers all across the country. Every time I meet someone from the community, A, I almost always instantly connect. It's interesting. It's like we have an instant sense of intimacy and I really like them. Um, but B, they always tell me that the group makes them feel normal. It makes them feel not alone. And it's it's really amazing how true that seems to be. And like all different kinds of women, you know, I meet women in their 70s and women in their 40s, and people find something there that um, is very reassuring, which is great. When we come back, I want to dig a little deeper into what women are going to find there. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration 
and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Before the break, we were chatting with Nina Lores Collins about her website, thewolfer.com, and the community of women. Um, and I want to just just ask you a little bit about the specific kinds of conversations and and your book as well, What Would Virginia Wolf Do? It's so intimate and so um, personal, the sh- stories that you share. So I want to just ask you, how was there some conversation that you had either online or um, through interviewing people for the books that actually changed the way you saw yourself as a woman over 40? Um, I think, I think the biggest change I've experienced for myself is I've learned, I've learned so much from these women. So I think it is definitely when I started the community, I was feeling kind of depressed, kind of wondering if I'd ever really work again or have a career sex, sex, success again. Um, I was, you know, worried about irrelevance. The group has made me feel much more powerful because the women are so impressive and so great and so wise, even when we're not, right? Even when we're horribly depressed and miserable. Like I've, like we have a a daily exercise thread. We have a food and fitness subgroup. um, And there are a few women who, you know, post every single day. And, and, you know, so like we don't want to kind of glorify dieting and complaining about our bodies, but we also want a space where women can. And I I look at these, these women who 
I don't, they share so much, right, of, of themselves and of their frustrations and of their successes. And it really has inspired me. So I don't think I've, in terms of the candor in the group, I've always been someone who's really comfortable with candor. And I think that that is part of the success of the community that I've established this tone of there's nothing to be ashamed of. We really can share and in sharing we'll be stronger. And I think I also have a master's in narrative medicine, which I referred to before, which is kind of about the about the way we talk about death and dying and loss and transition. So I'm a big believer in expressing ourselves to heal and kind of get through things. So the writing that people actually do in the community, I think, is really valuable. Um, so on that front, I wouldn't say I've learned more. I've more kind of proven it to myself that it really is true. Um, but I definitely have... I mean, I've gained a huge amount from the women in terms of, like, really seeing how strong and capable and funny and, um, you know, resilient and resourceful we all are. I mean, some of us aren't as resilient, and that's a problem. I do think resilience, it's made me realize how essential resilience is. Yeah, there's this whole strain of aging talk that women engage in that I think is sort of self-abnegating and funny but really leans on negativity and um kind of almost almost playing on on your irrelevance as if it's a joke and it's such a different tone i think that wolfers take but how would you describe like what is that difference i mean i think it's a it's a it's an interesting point and a very fine line cuz i've sometimes gotten criticized you know ashton applewhite who wrote um uh, she's written a very successful book about aging. I can't remember what it's called. I'm sorry. But she once was in the community and, and criticized me for making fun of these issues. And I really feel like there's a lot of value in being able to laugh at yourself. Um, and I don't like the whole kind of you go girl. We're all fabulous. Everything is so great. You know, we're 65 and life couldn't be better. Like sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's not true. Like there are real realities. I have a friend right now who's in the hospital and and, um, very, very sick. It's a man, but he's like 78 and he's had a very hard health road. And he and I have had really frank conversations about his impending death. Like he's probably going to die soonish and that sucks. It's like not, like not everything is cheerful. Um, so I, I think we straddle that. And it's the thing I love about the community is that we really value the funny and the kind of clever and the women who, who have great voices because you do, it's kind of like when you're dealing with difficult teenagers, like one of the best things you can have when you're dealing with difficult teenagers is a sense of humor, right? You know that it's mostly, hopefully going to pass. A lot of it is really, really hard, but it is kind of funny, like in the way that like little babies are all the same and little, you know, 16 year olds can be all the same. And so I, so we believe in the power of humor, but we also really most fundamentally, I think, believe in the power of just being honest. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but. Well, I don't think there's another way of dealing with hitting middle-aged woman than with humor because otherwise you just wallow in the... Because you, you're not 20 anymore. Totally. And you like, can either be in denial or you can be depressed. That's and your right. your third option like, is to laugh about it because right. you become invisible. We've talked about this before, oh, yes, right? My God. You know, right. If you can't make fun of chin hair and like the fact that you have to pluck every day practically or back fat, or I mean, there's so many things. Right. Incontinence, not something I suffer from yet, but I mean, there are so many things. My husband hijacked my magnifying mirror yeah. and put it in the shower and I was like what the hell is my magnifying mirror doing stuck up in the shower and he said well I'm using it for shaving and I was like you know what 
Get your own magnifying mirror. Get your own mirror. You know what? Yeah. (laughs) Dwayne Reed, it's around the corner. Oh, my God. Mine is that one of those big ones from Costco. And when I travel, (laughs) it's a crisis because I can't bring it with me. Like, those things are great. But at some point, I think I don't want the magnifying mirror because the best thing is to not have my contacts in. Because I can't see all the wrinkles on the back. So I'm I'm on Zoom meetings all the time. Oh, And I just this morning was told that there is a feature that can make you look younger. No way. <laughs> yes. On Zoom? Yes. And of course I work. Filter. Yes, it's a Zoom filter. <laughs> and I work with all these people who are in their 20s and 30s. And those assholes never told me. Wait, the that's person so who needs funny. it I never can't told me about the thing. I actually don't use filters on photos. And re- I don't even know how. I need to get I don't know how to either. teach me. That's But funny. I just learned how to do it on Zoom and I'm going to. Anyway, I digressed that's great. terribly. But, but, but that's yes. the thing. I think that's part of being a woman over 40 is that you're not the same person that you were at 25. And you got to, like, make it work. Yeah, and also, there are a lot of great things about getting older. There really truly are. Like, we are, I mean, I'm much happier than I've ever been in my life. I think a lot of women our age are having better sex, for example. They really know what they want. They know how to ask for it. I think the whole, like, we are just wiser, and that feels good. Like, things don't throw me as much as they used to. I'm much better able to manage my moods and my stresses. and um, And so... It's kind of like looking at the whole picture and being able to manage the anxiety of getting older or the sadness or the nostalgia, the fear, illness, irrelevance, work stuff. Like it's it's complicated, right? It's a big it's a big bundle. And I think what's happened in our community is that the women we kind of um, I'm not like much of a marketing person, but I think of the now that we've moved off Facebook, it's very different, right? Facebook is super addictive. Our app is really good and it's developing and we really like it, but it's, I'm using it more intentionally. Actually, I've really kind of reclaimed my life in a lot of ways since we left Facebook, which is great. But I really think of it as like a girlfriend in my pocket. Like mm. I pull it out and go to the app when I want to ask a question, when I want to see what books people are recommending, when I want to kind of hear other people's stories, when I want to share my own. Like it's very much a, I do feel like I'm walking around with this community always with me if I need them. And um, you know, it's, it's funny because I hear you about being intentional, but one thing I really like about it is that people aren't trying that hard. And it's a new yeah. mantra of mine. Don't try so hard. Don't try so hard. Well, Just another don't. thing we're noticing is that, frankly, people are nicer when they're paying, even when they're paying a very small amount, mm-hmm. which is good and bad. I mean, you know, drama encourages engagement and it's good for engagement. But And I think as our numbers grow, we'll probably have more of that and we'll have to deal with it with moderating. Um, but Although that might that might just be a little bit native to Facebook. It may be. I don't know. I mean, we really didn't know what it would feel like when we left, and we certainly had a lot of people super disappointed we were leaving. Um, and it's very hard to go from something free to something charged. So it was it was traumatic for everyone. But I've been really surprised how much happier I am. Like actually, just in my life, happier. Like I just feel I, it's made me realize. Like, I'm not going on Facebook. I go on, like, for five minutes a day. I mean, I have an assistant who manages our public account, and I'll check mine. But it's great. It really is great. I think as we keep improving our tech and as we keep, you know, figuring out how to grow and bringing more women into the Wolfer, it's it's exciting. So if there's a listener out there who's 25, Mm. and you talked about the wisdom that comes with age, what would you share with her that you've gotten from this community that would help her navigate 
the the next 20 years as she's getting there? Yeah, it's a great question. And actually, it came up just this morning. Someone posted and said, why aren't we creating a like wolf or pups group or a group oh, for younger yes. women, which we think about from time to time and how to do it. So I don't know if we'll do that one day. But I would say so many things. Like, I, you know, I have three daughters also who are in their 20s. And um, I would say it's not usually about you is one really important thing. I would say try if you can to work for yourself as you get older, because I think for women with children and just our lives, if you if you have that kind of personality and you can do it, it's probably a better way to to live. I would say try and make sure you have your own money um, and think about, you know, not getting into debt and ideally buying a first piece of real estate young if you can, like really practical things. Um you know, you know, really think about how you want to be treated. I mean, I think it's really hard for women to say, like, to, to have boundaries. Like, my boundaries are much better now that I'm older than when I was younger. You know, I was talking to my daughter last night about just kind of always trying to live in some, like, your own integrity. Like, just know what's right for you and what isn't right for you is a hard thing for women. I of think. any age. Of any age, you know, to know what you want and what's okay and what's not okay and just be able to say it without it being some big thing. When we come back, we're going to talk about big things. Okay. <laughs> Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So before the break, we hinted at talking about big things. And one of the, we're chatting with Nina Lores Collins, and one of the big things, um, uh, you talked about Googling, when we Google you, your mom comes up. Um, Your mom, Kathleen Collins, is a pioneer in the film and media world. And one of the things I noticed, just sort of ironically, was that she was around 46 when she passed away, and you were 46 when you started your what would Virginia Woolf do community? And I, you never really saw your mother's example of how she transitioned into a woman of a certain age. And so maybe the community is a way for you to get that modeling. I don't know. No, Have no, you it's seen very, it's very, you're right. It's very smart of you. I actually didn't really notice it myself until I was on my book tour and was answering a lot of questions. And I had this kind of aha moment where I realized that I had, I had started the group. Is it, you know, for many, when you've lost a parent, my mother died when I was 19, and I think it's really common for people who have lost a parent to kind of spend all their life up in, up until the age their parent died, kind of dreading that age. Um, but I also always kind of had her in my mind until she was 46. So as I was moving along at 30, 31, 32, I kind of knew what her life was like. And then I hit 46, and I it was actually very liberating. Um, scary to get there, but once I got there, it was very liberating because I, I, in a way, it enabled me to say, like, now the rest is unknown territory, and I'm going to figure it out on my own. I don't have this model anymore. Um, but I also didn't have any guides, and I do think that that's, I do think that played a part in why I started the group. I certainly have tons of advisors, and I love the older women in the community. Um, we have some women in their 80s, which is amazing. Um, so I don't think, I think it was one of those like cosmic, not accidents, which is interesting. Talk a little bit about her. So my mom was, um, a black, um, filmmaker and writer. She, um, was born in New Jersey and was involved with SNCC, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in the Civil Rights Movement. She went to Skidmore. She was the first black woman to graduate from Skidmore in 63, and she was a big student activist. And then she went to Paris to get a master's in um, film at the Sorbonne, and when she came back, she started a career in film editing and, uh, and teaching. She ended up as a professor at City College, and she made two films, um, a short, shorter film, a 50-minute film called The Cruise Brothers and Miss Malloy, in 1981, when I was like 12, 1980, um, and then Losing Ground in 1982. Um, and Losing Ground is the, really the, one of the first features by a black woman in America, and she wrote and directed it. And um, unlike the Cruise Brothers, she just adapted. So Losing Ground is the film she's known for, and um, it's the story of a black female philosophy professor and a summer in the in her life when her marriage to an artist is kind of um, under a lot of stress. And it's kind of a dramatic comedy, um, a little bit in the vein of, um, 
I mean, I kind of, not, I don't know why Woody Allen is in my head. It's not really that. There's a French filmmaker who she was very inspired by, who, whose name is also escaping me at the moment. But it's kind of a dramatic comedy, intellectual, quite sexy. And so the film was made in 82, and it was never released um, because at the time no one was interested. I always say it was kind of before the Cosby show, certainly before Barack Obama um, I don't know if you remember those years, like Vanessa Williams was the first Miss Black Miss America, I think, in 1984, 85. So um, no one wanted to distribute it. And then she got breast cancer, which actually she had. She'd had breast cancer through most of my childhood, which she kept a secret. Um, and she died in 1988, a few weeks after I turned 19. It was very difficult for me. I have a younger brother I had to take care of. It was very, very traumatic. She was my only real parent. Um, many years later, in my 30s... Um, I got a call from the lab where Losing Ground had been mixed, Duart, which is actually near here on 56th Street, and they were closing shop and basically said, we have all these canisters of your mother's film and you need to take them. And I didn't know what to do with them. I ended up realizing I should have it remastered and making, for me at the time, was kind of a big decision because no one was really interested in her work. No one knew who she was. And I ended up spending like $25,000 to have both films remastered, really thinking I was just preserving them Did for that represent a big, a big investment for you? Um, it wasn't honestly a huge investment, but it was painful. I had to go for like three weeks to do art and watch the film. And basically my mother's death had really been very much the defining trauma of my life and I was very much not over it. It had caused me to be, I was very angry. I was very angry at my father. I had taken on a lot of responsibility that I didn't want and um, there was no money. I mean, there were all sorts of, it was it was just very difficult. So deciding to do the film um, just brought all that back. Had you seen it before? I had seen it quite a bit and she was also a playwright. So she was somewhat known in her lifetime as a playwright, actually. She had a um, musical called Almost Music workshopped at the Public Theater with Joe Papp, and she had a, a play called The Brothers, which is really excellent. Had a couple productions at the Women's Project, which is a theater that no longer exists. Um, and she had written six or seven plays and six or seven screenplays. So, like, I grew up knowing she was an artist and knowing she was really talented. Um, and this I, was represented a real deep dive into her work. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. And I had seen the film when I was a child, and I had an old VHS copy of it that I would occasionally watch. Um, so I made the decision to have the films remastered. I spent three or four weeks in the editing labs doing it. I spent the money. I um, found a distributor. I called a company called Milestone Films. I got the name of two distributors from friends, um, and Milestone said that they would take it on. They're kind of known for discovering lost works. And... Um, and then I thought my job was done. They kind of said, you know, we'll try and get it shown somewhere. But I come from book publishing and thought no one's going to care. You know, she's a long dead black woman. Um, but we ended up getting it into a film festival at Lincoln Center. And then a few days before the premiere at Lincoln Center, The New Yorker reviewed it. And I woke up to this inc like insane review. They said that had she lived, um, she would have changed film history. And they called her a genius. And it was a masterwork. And... Um, so it kind of went on from there. The film ended up being very successful, and I then sold two collections of writing that um, the first is the thing I'm most proud of. It's a collection called Whatever Happened to Interracial Love, and it's a correct collection of short stories that she had written and stuck in a drawer, and I had been carrying around for many years in this trunk of all of her unpublished work, and I really loved these stories. And um, when Losing Ground was successful, I thought maybe someone will publish them, and I got Echo to publish them, and... They're truly amazing, and she's now really kind of part of the African-American canon. Um, 
And then I published last year a second book called Notes from a Black Woman's Diary, which I edited, and it's kind of a sampling of her collected works. So it's two plays, two screenplays, some diary entries, some letters. Um, so can I ask you, I mean, she. Uh, this is an extraordinary thing that you've ushered her into the canon yeah. where she always belonged. But for you personally, what has this done to to really marinate and steep yourself in your mother's creative Yeah, it's output. been really good for me, but it took a long time. So I think now it's, I don't know, what are 2020? I think this whole process has been going on for seven or eight or nine years. And in that time, I, I also wrote, wrote a draft of a memoir about my mother. So I really felt which I have not sold, um, very immersed in her work and life. And I have to say now I feel very, um, I don't know, over it is an overstatement, but but healed. Yeah. I really don't feel um, like the story of my mother's death dominates my life anymore. I mean, it's obviously a big part of who I am. I think I also, having had the success of bringing back her career, I feel really proud of myself and I feel like I've done this amazing thing for her. So I, it, it just feels really good. Was it weird for you to be reading your mom's diary? So hard and still <laughs> so hard. I mean, I, I actually um, sold um, the whole archive to the Schomburg a couple years ago, which was a good moment for me. I really kind of wanted to say, like, I'm going to focus on my own life now and I'm going to put this someplace safe. If I get hit by a bus, you know, it'll be, my kids don't have to worry about it. But I did keep copies of a lot of stuff. So I have this huge blue binder that I take out and I'm still active, you know, I manage her estate. So like I sold an option, for example, to a 1974 screenplay to Issa Rae, which I'm working on. So it's not like it's over. It's an ongoing thing. Um, But whenever I take out that binder, if I'm looking for something, I'm I'm having a little bit of a... um, a copyright infringement issue right now with someone about her work. And so I've had to look at her work and it's still, you know, it'll still make me cry. It's still hard. It's like, I'm still learning from it. You know, I'll always wonder why she kept her illness a secret, which was, which was a decision that had a bad, you know, hard impact on me. And, um, and she was a complicated woman. She was a, a black single mother, um, very much an artist, quite depressed. She came from kind of a middle-class, kind of bougie background um, where she was really expected to become a teacher or, um, you know, probably just a teacher, really. Um, and she was she was wild. She was like a very unusual person. So it's like a gift to have been raised by someone like that, but it was also, you know. Let me, let me ask you to put on your wolfer hat for a second. Sure. Um, so I have a friend who who recently lost her mom, and her mom had a form of dementia for the last mm-hmm. years of her life. And before that also was just a very, um, was quite a held-in person. And she's going through this really difficult thing of recognizing that she never got close enough oh, to her mother to God. feel that she really, truly knew her or wishes she had gotten closer. Yeah, And um, I don't know, I'm just curious what you would say to sort of the yeah. world of daughters out there about knowing their moms while they're here. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind with your friend also is it might be she may over time think about interviewing people close to mm-hmm. her mom, and mm-hmm. she'll probably get all sorts of insight that might be helpful. That sounds really painful. Um, I feel r- the thing that will really make me cry is when I think about my own relationship with my children and how grateful I feel every day that I'm still here for them. 
Um, my daughters, I have a son also who's 19, and my daughters are 21, 21, and 26. And one of them called me last night crying. She's in California, and she's anxious about the coronavirus. And to be able to spend an hour on the phone with her, talking to her, and really know that I'm supporting her in a way that I never had is such a gift. Um, and I always think about, you know, I just hope I'm here long enough to kind of keep apologizing to them for things I did wrong <laughs> and for them to keep understanding me in whatever way they have to, right? Because it's such a process understanding your parents and forgiving your parents. Um, so, I, you know, we get a lot of women in the community who write in about estrangement situations who really don't want to deal with their mother or their father or whoever. And I understand those too. I'm estranged from my father. And for me, I think that's been the right decision. But I guess my advice is, you know, that we just have to always be thinking about these things and talking them through and kind of looking at them and being open to reevaluating them. And it's hard. These relationships can be hard. Well, thank you for so. providing us with a space where we can talk about them and share them on the Wolfer.com. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. And thanks for being with us here today. Yeah, no, this was a really fun conversation. Thank you for having me. So listener Nina's book is What Would Virginia Woolf Do? And other questions I ask myself as I attempt to age without apology. Um, you can join the community at thewolfer.com. And Nina's podcast is Raging Gracefully. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny name. <laughs> love Thank it. you for having me. The Road to Somewhere is recorded in New York City. Make sure you share, subscribe, rate, and review us. And let us hear from you. Where are you on your journey? Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod to Somewhere. Email us at Road to Somewhere at iHeartMedia.com. Special thanks to our producer, Alicia Haywood. Thanks for joining us on The Road to Somewhere, available on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.